We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 153. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And I'm Shara. And this is the, a little bit of rain is on the way. Uh, I was, the weather's been kind of boring lately, so I'm, just, I'm kind of running out of titles. To, I'm good with boring. Yeah, I mean, uh, last week we didn't have any snow, we didn't have any ice, uh, just a little bit of rain, you know, like... We're on a thermal roller coaster, you know. We had. It's beautiful today. It's sunny. It's great. I mean, I I should be out. Yesterday, playing. I didn't even wear my coat when I left work. It was nice. Wow, it's a little cooler today than yesterday, but but it's still nice out. Yeah, but then in tomorrow, it's supposed to get. I mean, or or Sunday is supposed to get fifty five or something. Let me see. Uh, Saturday high forty three. Sunday high fifty six. <laughs> Okay, but of course, of course. Okay, so I'm just looking here. Saturday night, they didn't have any rain showers moving in, but they said now it's like after one, a little passing thing. And I've seen that on the models, but I wasn't sure how much they were going to take that into effect. So, 40% chance of some showers after 1 a.m. Sunday morning through about 7 a.m. Um, and then winds becoming south and warming up. So, uh, I've been looking at the forecast and it's. I don't see anything that's really catching my eye. I mean, no, there's not. It's it's pretty boring. I I, I do wish we could get a little more occasional uh, rain showers. I mean, here we are, the twentieth of January, and I haven't checked our our monthly rain, but oh, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's much. Mm-mm. But uh, yeah, I was hoping for. A bit more rain that in in the short term than than what is forecast for our area. What are we in the half inch to inch range? Uh, yeah, it's widespread, a half inch to one inch all across southwest Missouri. Now, far south central Missouri and southeast Missouri, they've upped it to like an inch, inch and a half. But yeah. other than that, no. And there were some <clears throat> TV meteorologists that were kind of hyping possibility of thunderstorms on Monday. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> Are you? I'm not seeing anything. Monday or overnight Sunday? So, I wonder. Yeah, um, yeah, overnight Sunday and I saw Monday. Tulsa was kind of hyping uh some some thunderstorm activity in southeast Oklahoma up into western Arkansas kind of heading up this way but but uh it, I it's nothing to write home about, you know. Yeah, and I did see like the concentration of the heavier stuff is far down there. And that's oh, yeah, yeah. where they're going to get the, the the heavier stuff. But I we're not. I mean, I'd welcome thunder, but I don't think we're quite in that um, arena yet. Um, got one more month of February before it's Corey and I's favorite time of the year. Yeah, Woo-hoo. we'll probably get snow in March. Yeah, probably. That's that's the way it's working. But this is 2021, so let's hope everything's good. Yeah. So, Sherry, you look well rested. Um, Today, it's amazing what a full night's sleep can do. <laughs> it's great, and a little teaser later. She has informed us she's got some really killer fun facts. So, uh, cannot wait. To At least I it. think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet they're good. I bet they're wonderful. But uh, yeah, I'm looking at kind of the pattern. We're in a quasi-active pattern. We're going to have some showers, and then have a day or two of partly cloudy, maybe sunny, dry weather, and then some more showers. And then it's going to take a little break, and then some more showers. But really, all of the mod, the longer range models that were advertising some 
snowage or whatever, all that is moving to the north. And wasn't it last week somebody was, uh, or the week before, somebody was hyping about the polar vortex. It's going to come down and chill everybody. It's going to freeze. And and it's like, "Mm," and we both went, no. I did see a really cool image of the polar vortex yesterday, and I meant to send it to you. Oh. It's from a, a NOAA 19, I think is what it was a satellite, and it's situated right above the uh, the North Pole. And there's, I never understood why it was called the polar vortex, but it, it actually twirls and twirls and twirls around. It's really something to see. It was a loop. It was a satellite loop, yeah. and it never really goes away up there. It's always there, and every now and then you can see it dip into the United States and go back up. It was a really cool image. I need to send that to you. Oh, yeah, definitely, because I only had that one graphic that I sent you last week, which uh, yeah. we were talking about with the, the polar vortex. It It's stable if you have a strong jet stream. And it's unstable if you have a weak jet stream and allows that cold air to come up. But but there were some forecasters saying, oh, boy, at the end of the month, it's going to get cold. Well, um, from what I understand by reading what I read was the polar vortex is always there. May not be affecting us because of the jet stream, but it's always it's always up there. Yeah. And it's always moving around. And for a while— Oh, for a while, people were like, you know, it's just, it's, it, it's not, you know, it's just a made-up term. People are just yeah. saying that. But I mean, I, it's kind of evolved into something that they recognize now. It's a polar. I mean, it's not a monster. It's not going to come and you know climb tall buildings and destroy people and stuff. It's not going to do that. <laughs> it's kind of like El Nino. You know, we we experience it. We're not going to. It's not going to like destroy things, but right. Um, and speaking of the polar vortex, um, I don't see any influence. And matter of fact, the, I did a thermal on the GFS. Now, granted, February first is pretty far down the the, the the pike there, but the GFS has our neck of the woods at sixty seven degrees around February first. Good. That means I'll be on the water. I'm good. I'm good with that. Yeah, I mean kayaking. You're, you're, you still want to get those kayaks out. <laughs> I still want to go find me an eagle on the on the water, you know. But oh, that's good. They've been taking a lot of pictures of eagles in Riverview Park in Miami on the Neosho River, with sitting in trees with big fish in their mouth. Oh, how so cool! They're out. I just haven't seen any around here. Oh, how cool! Yeah, I haven't seen anything around here either. Um, I know you've been doing some really cool stuff. Are you going to talk about that later in the in other news? Or no, we can talk about it. Uh, just started a little new series, just kind of getting out and about. Not really have to do it about weather, but kind of the Ozarks and just kind of general interest stuff. And it seems to draw people to the page. Oh my gosh! And I got to tell you, you did fantastic. That that little blurb about the the power site. Dam parasite. I've always told it was a spillway, but you know, there's documents that say it's a dam, so I they're kind of the same thing anyway. But, um, yeah, yeah. the way you put that together was incredible. So, if I didn't realize it was the very first hydroelectric dam in the state, I didn't either. 1913, um, yeah, I was looking at it, it was like over 5,000 views. Oh, yeah. Um, not bad. Yeah, I got a new. Something I wasn't so sure that anybody would watch. Oh, I did. It, the way you put it together was awesome. Was there any drone on that, or was that all just. Uh... No, I didn't get the drone. I had the drone, but I didn't get the drone out because there's power lines that run right across the dam. Ah. So I, I couldn't get any good shots. And even if I could get the shots, the power lines would have been in them. So I have a little gimbal cam i think you've seen it it's a little tiny thing mm-hmm. and that's what i shot it on but uh it worked well it seems to have and i've shared it in several groups you know around the ozarks and that's why it's getting a bunch of of views and we kind of saw our likes wow. go up a little bit yesterday from that yeah we did my favorite part is when you said at night and then you flip that at night and the music raises like i almost got goosebumps when it's like that's yeah. really cool <laughs> I just wish they I had- got in the exact same place. I didn't wait for the sun to fall and not move. I I accident I actually went home between 
the day shot and the night shot, and then went back and stood in the exact same place to get that next shot. Nice. So nice. The it only worked out. the only thing that would have been better is if they had that one light bulb fixed. There was, well, we got to call Liberty Utilities for that. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple of them out, but still, it's beautiful. And we had some comments. Uh, they uh, the one gal said she'd lived there for what. 17 20 whatever years mm-hmm. and send us some pictures and stuff so yeah the the power site dam is quite quite the spectacle at night especially when oh, water yeah. is over it so that's kind of cool it's yeah fun. so and you've been getting some sunset pictures too which is still awesome yeah i i had the drone out yesterday for the sunset and then it malfunctioned on me so i just used my cell phone i was up on the strip because she wanted to go to tanger <laughs> So I, sh- I I flew the drone out of the Tanger parking lot, oh. and it worked for a while, but then my SD card got messed up, and so I had to bring it down and uh, run and get a good, because, I, you know, Tanger's kind of down, and I couldn't right. see the sun, so I had to go find a, a hill. <laughs> so I did it as fast as I could before the sun totally disappeared. Almost had to go up to the strip, almost, because, yeah, well, Tanger's... I, I I ended up at the Ferris wheel on one of them. Oh, cool! So so Cheryl wanted to go shopping. Well, it wasn't me. It oh. was for our daughter. Our daughter had no clothes. She's growing. Oh yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> you know, I hate it when I don't talk all day because then <clears throat> I have to get the old vocal cords. I sh- I should do a vocal warm up before I start the podcast. You We're- totally should. <laughs> I know because I'm like. Ugh. <laughs> I don't think my voice ever rests. I think I talk 24-7. No, so. she yells at me a lot. In her sleep? Yeah, talk in my sleep even. Oh, yeah, she does. Absolutely. Every oh. night. Wow. She asks me questions, and I have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> but I bet you answer like a good husband. When I ask her what, she, what she's talking about, I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> you never know. She's, she's probably working on, on something at her the hospital. Her brain never rests. She never gets in that deep sleep, you know? Well, your sleeping schedule is so messed up anyway. I mean, working right. overnight and, and a nurse's schedule, my gosh. Like 10, 12. My brain thinks it's supposed to be asleep right now. It's daytime. Oh, that's right. So it's how, like, we're supposed to be sleeping right now. How, how long are you supposed to be on nights? Till I tell them I want to switch. Mm. I picked nights for now. It just worked better. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I could do all-nighters. All Ugh. I didn't even do all-nighters in college. It just, no. yeah, as long as you get sleep during the day. I mean, I'm, I make sure she Which gets in I bed. usually do. I sleep during the day, so. Oh, that's really good. Well, you got anything else in the first block? Uh, did you know? Well, I'll bring that up in other news. Let's, let's, uh, do you, I'm bringing up my rundown here. We don't have a whole lot to talk about because the weather's been so nice. It's, yeah, it's, I, and we were talking before the, we started recording. It's like there's really nothing to talk about <laughs> except fun stuff, you know. But uh, uh, And I'm, I'm anxious to hear uh, share, his, share his fun facts. But, uh, yeah, well, why don't we get to the weather school early and then we can talk about uh, cool stuff on the other side. So this week uh, is about dew point, how to... Uh, recognize it, what, how we measure it, and what it does to how we use it in forecasting. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. It sure feels sticky outside. The dew point must be really high. The dew point is a measure to which air must be cooled to become saturated with water vapor. When further cooled, the airborne water vapor will condense to form liquid water, or dew. When air cools to its dew point through contact with a surface that is colder than the air, water will condense on the surface. When the temperature is below the freezing point of water, 
The dew point is called the frost point, as frost is formed rather than dew. The measurement of dew point is relative to humidity. A higher dew point means there will be more moisture in the air. If all other factors influencing humidity remain constant, at ground level, the relative humidity rises as the temperature falls. This is because less water vapor is needed to saturate the air, so water vapor condenses as the temperature falls. In normal conditions, the dew point temperature will not be greater than the air temperature because relative humidity cannot exceed 100%. In technical terms, the dew point is the temperature at which the water vapor in a sample of air condenses into liquid water at the same rate as which it evaporates. The condensed water is called dew when it forms on a solid surface, or frost if it freezes. The condensed water is called either fog or cloud, depending on its altitude, when it forms in the air. A high relative humidity implies that the dew point is closer to the current air temperature. A relative humidity of 100% indicates the dew point is equal to the current air temperature and that the air is maximally saturated with water. So let's talk about the difference between humidity and relative humidity. Relative humidity also measures water vapor, but relative to the temperature of the air. It is expressed as the amount of water vapor in the air as a percentage of the total amount that could be held at its current temperature. Warm air can hold far more moisture than cold air, meaning that the relative humidity of cold air would be far higher than warm air if their absolute humidity levels were equal. Relative humidity is cited in weather forecasts as it affects how we feel. High and low levels of relative humidity within the home can have adverse effects for the occupants as well as the dwelling itself. Hygiene, health, retention of value, aesthetics, and comfort are all areas which can be affected by a failure to maintain an optimal level of relative humidity. A pleasant indoor climate is essential for a sense of well-being in the home. Room humidity can have a major impact on the quality of living environment. A relative humidity of 40 to 60 percent is generally considered to be optimal for a comfortable and healthy home. Too much moisture can lead to mold and overheating, while too little causes dry eyes, chapped lips, and an environment in which bacteria and viruses can thrive. If the relative humidity is 100%, or meaning the dew point temperature and actual air temperature are the same, this does not necessarily mean that precipitation will occur. It simply means the air is holding the maximum amount of moisture it can at that temperature. Saturation may result in fog at the surface and clouds aloft which consist of tiny water droplets suspended in air. Droplets grow through a process called collision coalescence, whereby droplets of varying sizes collide and fuse together. In thunderstorms, hail can also develop. Once the suspended precipitation particles grow to sufficient size, the air can no longer support their weight and precipitation falls to the ground. In humid climates, thunderstorms often cause heavier rain than general wintertime rainfall, since moisture content in the air is typically higher in the spring and summer, and since air usually rises at a much more rapid rate within developing thunderstorms than in general winter systems. When the air temperature is high, the human body uses the evaporation process of sweat to cool down with the cooling effect directly related to how fast the perspiration evaporates. The rate at which perspiration can evaporate depends on how much moisture is in the air and how much moisture the air can hold. If the air is already saturated with moisture, perspiration will not evaporate. 
The body's thermal regulation will produce perspiration in an effort to keep the body at its normal temperature, even when the rate it is producing sweat exceeds the evaporation rate. So one can become coated with sweat on humid days, even without generating additional body heat, such as exercising. A good example would be this if you are swimming and you get out of the water and you feel very cold, then that is a sign of a low humidity atmosphere. The water is quickly evaporating from your skin, therefore reducing your skin's surface temperature. This is the reason you sometimes feel cold even when the air temperature is close to 90 degrees. As I mentioned earlier, you can use the dew point temperature to gauge how it will probably feel outside. A dew point temperature of 55 degrees or less generally indicates a very pleasant atmosphere, even though the air temperature may be above 80. A dew point of 56 to 60 degrees is considered comfortable. 61 to 65 degrees, it might start feeling a little sticky outside. But when the dew point gets to 66 to 70 degrees, it's going to start feeling very uncomfortable. And when you get a dew point 71 to 75 degrees, it's almost oppressive outside. Kind of like one of those really hot dog days of summer. And a dew point above 76 feels just downright miserable. So when you hear us weather folks talk about the dew point and give the dew point temperature, then you'll know whether it will be a comfortable or a sweltering day. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you go with all about dew point. Yeah, we were just talking th- uh, during the the weather school. We have something, I have something very interesting. My favorite Alaskan word. Now, this is in other news. Um, no, it's not a word. It's a town. Utkiagvik, Alaska. They finally have now exited the polar night. Finally. Finally, yes. That so means the sun will come out there again? The sun will rise, will rise about 1.15 p.m. Alaskan Standard Time uh, after uh, it set 65 days ago. <laughs> I wonder if they have like a big sun coming back out party. It's still pretty cold. Right, but at least the sun's coming back out. But for how long? The Probably not long. Uh, just because the polar <laughs> night is over. Are we all seeing the night before? <laughs> just because the polar night is over, it's probably coming back out for like what a minute and then going back down. I don't. I don't know. I don't know that for sure. Uh, yeah, I'll probably peek out, and go hey, and then kind of go back down. Yeah, <laughs> but right. it's not going to warm up much. the 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 forecast for one fifteen p.m. is seven degrees Fahrenheit. Ooh, yeah, heat wave. Yeah, with. An east wind at 25 miles an hour. So you got overcast and blowing snow. So you might not even see the see the, the sunrise. Yeah. So that's wow. kind of cool. I'm I'm glad glad you sent that to me. I'm glad I live in a part of the country where the sun comes out. Exactly. Most days. Most yeah. Most days. All right. So. All right. Corey, what you got? The NOAA uh, Weather Prediction Center released a new graphic today. I don't know if you've seen that. It's flood-related deaths per year between 1996 and 2020. It it it's an average between all those years. So 25 years, okay. 24 years. Uh, Missouri ranks third in the nation. Ooh, of flood-related deaths. At uh, an average of 5.4 per year. Which is weird because we're not anywhere near the ocean. Let's flash flood. Oh, oceans I mean, don't it just flood. Like <laughs> it's <laughs> not drowning deaths. No. That's true. Okay. Flooding. Yeah, flood. Deaths. That's different. Yes. I'm thinking like water. And, and we deaths. get we get a few of those in the Ozarks every year with the little water crossings. And we've had a few here in Branson, you know. So it happens. 
but third in the nation for Missouri. That's, that's Turn around, don't drown. Can you guess the state with the largest amount of, of flood-related deaths? Okay. It's Texas. Ah. Texas is the... And then California comes in next, which I surprises me. I didn't think it rained that much in Exactly, California. exactly. I didn't think it rained that much in California. But, but you know, Texas is a large state. California is a large state. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're going to get, you know, above average numbers. But, but California doesn't <laughs> edge Missouri out by much. California is 6.1 deaths per year, and Missouri is 5.4. Hmm. And nobody around us really comes close. Arkansas is 3.5, Oklahoma's 3.2, and Kansas is 1.2 deaths per year. So, that's something to be watching out for this spring. Just, you know, those those heavy rains, you got to be careful with them. Yeah, and we're probably going to be in a nice active pattern. I mean, I saw a graphic the other day which I yeah, I'm I'm not putting a lot of faith in right now showing, you know, the greatest La Nina years. You have severe thunderstorms and tornadoes. Did you you saw that graphic? Did you send it to me? I saw it. Yeah, right over but us. But I don't remember if I send it to you. Yeah, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Oh, it was a it was a link to something. That's what you sent. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, mm, don't know about that. So we'll see. That's something just to look forward to on the. Hey, this week in weather history, uh, the Miami, Oklahoma, work from they got down to negative fifteen. That's minus fifteen back in nineteen eighty four. Wow. Now, I was in second grade, so I don't remember too much about it, but... I was in kindergarten. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do remember... But I only had morning school, I so I was I do remember 1984, home. because I used to watch The Facts of Life on TV. Yeah, Tootie. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember it getting cold. I remember getting snow a lot more back then than I do now, we had for a, sure. We had good snow we had every winter. year. It seems like we had winters. Where we had to bundle up and put gloves on and hats on all the time. And we rarely put hats and gloves on our kids to go to school. Right. Right. So I bet. Of course, you know, our, we had to go stand at the curb for 20 minutes and wait for the bus. So. Well, I don't, and I our did, teachers I didn't. threw us outside for recess no matter what. <laughs> they didn't care. Oh, yeah. Time to go out. Oh, yeah. Trying to think of something else I had. I think I saved something in Facebook. Let me bring that up real fast. Something mm-hmm. about... Uh, let's see here. Well, if you're talking, it was January 1984. Yeah, it was. I was not in kindergarten yet. I did not start kindergarten until August of 1984. So ah. I was in first grade. So I would have still been at home. Yeah. Don't remember that. There you go. But I lived on a farm, and I remember going out and breaking ice in the cow troughs so the cows could have water. <laughs> That's what Randy does for his mom. There you go. What? He breaks the ice when when her well freezes over. Oh. Yeah. Hey, uh, I read an article where it says uh, the 2020 lightning and tornado numbers were down. There were less lightning strikes and less tornadoes in the United States. I mean, I think they felt sorry for us. We had enough going on. However. <laughs> tornadoes were like, eh, let's give them a break. However. <laughs> yeah. That did not. That doesn't translate to fewer fatalities. We did not have fewer fatalities. From lightning strikes? Really? Of uh, lightning strikes and tornadoes because they hit more populated areas even though there weren't as many. Gotcha. So, well, that is true to 2020. Oh, I'm so glad the, 2020 the, is over. <laughs> we, had, we had the lowest number of tornadoes uh, since 2015. So... I'm trying to remember. I, I remember back five years ago, we went to a stretch here in the Ozarks for like 600 and some days without a tornado watch. Do you remember what? that? Yeah. Yeah. It, that it was, was very. And that has to be right around then, I'm thinking, around 2015. And that makes so, sense. 20, yeah, because we were so yeah. disappointed. It's like, there's nothing to get excited about. This is old blase weather. Yeah. But 2020 saw 1,053 tornadoes. Okay. What year? This past year. Oh. It killed 78 people, yeah. which is the highest amount since 20. 2011. Ooh. The massive Joplin tornado. 
Wow. Okay. Which was actually just, there was tornadoes everywhere that year. 553 deaths in that year. Oh. Altogether. Because they had a Tuscaloosa tornado that year. They had Joplin. They had several. They had several. Yeah, it wasn't just, there was lots that year. It was a bad year. Oh. Yeah, we kind of calmed down, and then now, well, maybe we'll. I mean, we don't want deaths, so don't get us wrong. We we want to see some some tornadoes and some, see some fun. And, and what I mean by more populated areas, I don't remember if you remember, was it uh, March? There was a tornado that hit in Nashville and killed twenty four people. So, even though there were less. I think I remember one in Dallas, too. I don't know if it killed anybody, but I do remember the one in Nashville. Oh. It says right here, Nashville, March 2nd and 3rd, 10 tornadoes rolled through Tennessee, including Nashville, killing 24 people. Oh. So we're getting almost to that time of year for here. Yeah, it's the 22nd me, today. Yeah. We're going to start seeing possibly some earlier storms. Seems like we get the earlier tornado season in the deep south and the in the Dixie Alley, what they call it, Alabama. Yeah, down there in the yeah. They, they seems tend like to we could get a couple of those in February, early March. We'll see what happens. See, here. I thought my uh, prediction, and I said this, I think last month or whatever. I thought we would have a severe something, either severe thunderstorm watch or something in January, but I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, we're, we're no. two-thirds of the way through, and I don't see anything noteworthy on satellite or any discussions. So. But the chances go way up in February. Yeah, yeah. We're on our way to—whoops, uh, as I kick the microphone—on <laughs> <laughs> our way to meteorological spring. Yeah. I saved you on that one, Cher. Normally, I'd go, <gasps> and she looks at me like, what? I was on my like, phone. What? <laughs> <laughs> Nice. That's about all I got today. Well, uh, yeah, I just had the, the, the one thing. And cool. Some cool in other news. And now you get your get your phone all up there, Shara? I'm ready. Okay, let's play your drop. Get ready to get educated in Shara's Fun Facts. It is Shara's Fun Facts. Yay! And she's got a whole bunch of them. And we can't wait. So dazzle us with your knowledge. So I was trying to think of what to do for today since last week I had struggled so much. I was like, January is boring. Like there's nothing happening. There's nothing happening weather-wise. What to do? What to do? So inauguration was two days ago. I found fun facts about past inaugurations. Ooh, okay. My first fun fact I found was that inauguration didn't used to happen in January. It's always, it's been January 20th for as long as I can remember, but that wasn't always the case. Following Washington's first inauguration, the Continental Congress declared March 4th as Inauguration Day. Which I think would have been a whole lot warmer, being how it's always cold. True. That date remained in place until the ratification of the 20th Amendment in 1933. Franklin D. Roosevelt was the first president inaugurated on the new date for his second inauguration on January 20th, 1937. Nice. Okay. Another fun fact. Mm -hmm. In 1849, Zachary Taylor... Pretty sure Corey's related to. <laughs> Refused to be sworn in on a Sunday because he was very strict about keeping holy the Sabbath. So the position of president couldn't just be vacant until Monday. So the president pro tempore of the Senate, David Rice Atchison, was brought in as a pinch hitter. Um, there's some debate to whether he's actually the 12th president or not, but... I think they just kind of throw that out. Okay, that's so interesting. So for one whole day, yeah, for one whole day, we had the head of the Senate as president because Zachary Taylor refused to be sworn in on a Sunday. I have a fun fact about that. What was that? It's a it's a side fact. That David, what's his name? Atchison? David Rice Atchison. His, his tombstone says President of the United States for one day. Nuh-uh. Yes, it does. Really? 
It says he didn't even state claim to the title and repeatedly told people that he slept through most of the day <laughs> as president. He must have had a good sense of humor about it the whole time. Actually, it does go on to say that because I think it says on his tombstone. It does. It said that. So it says on his tombstone, it's a president for a day. Cool. So, so it is a fun actually fact. actually our 12th president. So we're on our 47th Seven president now? Or se- Yeah, 47. <laughs> He didn't, not necessarily. He didn't get to but move yeah. into the White House or anything. Because if you don't count Atchison, who we were just talking about, did you know that Joe Biden is only the 45th person to be president? Well, there's he's less than that. There's some that have held three and four terms. No, there's only one. It doesn't matter if you held consecutive terms. You're still president but 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 the amount of people the, is less the, the than the number is counting the number 45 and 46 is counting presidencies not the presidents themselves so right the only person to have two presidencies is grover cleveland Who's so he got two different numbers right ah right so if you're talking the hum- the, the men who have held president joe biden's only only the 45th but he is serving the 46th presidency i thought that was pretty cool okay okay because so they counted grover cleveland twice so, so answer me this so does the second term keep you at the same number you're yes. the same number of president okay so if he would get a second term if he would he still be 46 46th president he's still going to be the 46th president he's serving served, the 47th and, term Unless you have someone else serving after you, and then you come back, that's when you get the second and the number. the number changes, right. Wow. What? But, I mean, there was actually... Who was it that held four terms before they actually Not made president. the law? Of- <laughs> they said, no, that's too much. <laughs> there was a couple people that held more than... Until they decided, nope, two's enough. <laughs> she's a big Hamilton fan, so she's all in the history. Oh, there you go. <laughs> she's going to break out and rap here soon, so... All right. <laughs> There's actually some really fun facts about Thomas Jefferson Ooh. and all that good stuff. Okay. I don't even remember if I saved those. I just enjoyed reading them. So, it was a so cold during Ulysses S. Grant's inauguration, champagne and canaries froze. So, Ronald Reagan actually holds the record for the coldest ever inauguration day. I think I get to that later. Um, which took place on March 4th, 1873, was U.S.S.S. Grants, came in second. High winds and a temperature of 16 degrees led to the food and the champagne for the reception freezing. So did hundreds of caged canaries. Afterwards? Wow. I don't know. They didn't have heat back then. (laughs) They had something. Hundreds of caged canaries, which had been brought in for the festivities. Also... Froze. Now, why did they bring in canaries? Yeah, is that That's what they did back a, then? A decoration? They fly around. I thought it was and... to take down into mine shafts with miners. That's what I thought. Well, the doves are for weddings. Yeah, yeah, right. I've Maybe seen doves and I've seen sw- really swans. They're expensive. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then, this Amanda Gorman has been the major talk of the internet lately of her amazing poem that she read but mm-hmm. having a poet read at the inauguration is a relatively new tradition that didn't begin until john f kennedy called on robert frost to give a reading at his 1961 inauguration although kennedy initially asked frost to recite the poem the gift outright frost decided to jazz things up a little bit and write a completely different poem just for kennedy titled dedication for the just for the occasion, Frost's plans went awry when he got up to read his new work. The 87-year-old poet no longer had the greatest eyesight, as most people don't. The bright sun of the morning totally obscured his copy that he had written, and he couldn't read it. Oh! Thinking quickly on his feet, he recited the gift outright from memory. <sighs> No way. Like, how horrible. He wrote a whole new poem and he couldn't even read it. Well, Great. did they have sunglasses back then? Maybe not. I don't know. He was 87 that's, years old. That's true. He said, yeah, if you're outside, that's true. <laughs> All right. Richard Nixon. I love this. this didn't is great. want his 1973 inauguration to be marred by a bunch of annoying pigeons. <laughs> 
He requested that tree branches <laughs> along the parade route be treated with a chemical called Roost No More, which would supposedly make the bird's feet itch so they wouldn't want to perch above Tricky Dick's motorcade. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The inaugural committee spent $13,000, and I mean, in 1973, that's a lot of money, yeah. to comply with this anti-pigeon policy. But Nixon got a little bit more than he expected. The pigeons didn't just sit on the branches. They wolfed down the roost no more, which proved to be highly toxic to birds. No. Instead of dealing with the minor hassle of live pigeons roosting, his parade mart was marred by a ton of dead, dying pigeons. Oh, no. No. I think that one just serves you right. Oh, Roost no more. Roost no more. <laughs> oh my but apparently gosh. it tastes good, so they ate it. Uh, Did they sell that at Lowe's? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would have to look that Did up. Did you do the Reagan? You said something about Reagan's. Reagan's was, is down in history as the coldest ever at like seven coldest degrees, ever. I think. And everything That's froze. Crazy. What year was that? Reagan w- wouldn't have been 1984, Somewhere would in it? the 80s. Yeah. Wouldn't have been 1984 because... Mm. I don't know. It was somewhere. It, we could have been, in, been about right. We could have been in a cold snap from Miami, Oklahoma oh. to Washington D.C. and because it was all this week, and that would have happened this week as well. Oh wait, wait, wait. There you go. What? I think I have it here. Okay. Oh no, maybe not. No. <laughs> Sorry. The blueberry jelly belly. If anybody fans of the blueberry jelly belly, it was created just for Ronald Reagan. At his inauguration, more than three tons of Jelly Belly jelly beans were used in Ronald Reagan's inauguration in 1981. There you go. That's right. I forgot he liked jelly beans. Right, but it may have been. When he was governor of California, he developed a jelly bean habit because he was giving up smoking and jelly beans helped distract him. He became known for it. So red, white, and blue jelly beans were used for his inauguration celebrations. The blueberry jelly belly, in fact, was created just for this purpose. Oh. And now you know the rest of the- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, here we go. Mother Nature made her presence known at both of Ronald Reagan's inaugurations. There must have been something in the air during Reagan's inaugurations. His first on January 20th, 1981, was the warmest inauguration day on record. It was 55 degrees at noon. Four years later, on January 21st, 1985, he hit another weather record, this time for the coldest inauguration day. It was a total whopping seven degrees. Oh, wow. Interesting. Wow. I'm Man, I have a lot of facts. I know. I, I currently I saved a lot of inauguration but that, facts. But that's that's cool. Inauguration facts. Barack Obama has been sworn in four times. How you ask? How? After Chief Justice John Roberts misstated a few words while administering the oath of office to Barack Obama during his first inauguration in 2009, Obama was sworn in again the next day out out of an abundance of caution. He did it again in 2013 because January 20th fell on a Sunday. Okay. So, same thing with Zachary Taylor. He politely took the oath privately on the 20th, then publicly on the 21st. It was the only, the second time in history that president was sworn in four times. The other being FDR, who actually served four terms. Hmm. Interesting. Lyndon B. Johnson was the first and only president sworn in on an airplane. I know that. We all know this. Following the assassination of JFK, Lyndon B. Johnson took the oath of office on November 22nd, 1963, while flying aboard Air Force One. The oath was administered by Judge Sarah Hughes, who became the first woman to inaugurate a president. Gotcha. Very interesting. And my final fact. Okay. So apparently um, a top hat was a tradition for inaugurations. 
the men wore top hats. Okay. And the presidents wore top hats. And John F. Kennedy was the last to carry on this tradition of wearing a top hat. The president after him refused, and it has died since then. No one wears a top hat. Of course, back then, top hats were known for stature, and that was your place in prosperity and all that good stuff. And devices to pull rabbits out of. Exactly. Yeah. So if you want to research more history on, there's actually, there was some stuff saying about how um, our most recent former president did not attend the inauguration. Um, That has happened before. John Adams refused to attend the inauguration of his successor, as did his son, John Adams, refused to attend the inauguration of his successor. Hmm. So, there you go. Interesting. Wow. I love those And it was for reasons that they just didn't like the person, so they didn't want to go. Well, you know, if there's a movie playing... And I don't, I don't like it. I'm not going to go see it. That's just me. There you go. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> well, That's why Lin Manuel Miranda didn't didn't write him into Hamilton to rap. He wasn't a good rapper because he didn't show up to the inauguration. He didn't show up for the inauguration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually one of the facts I read. There was a, a lot of facts about Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. How they actually were really good friends. Um, they had become friends over the years, but. Then when it was time for Thomas Jefferson to be sworn in, there was some upheaval. I don't remember what all, but so he did not attend. Just crazy time. Some pretty like ungoodness going on there. Yeah. Well, I don't remember. I'd have to look back, but you can Google it. There's a lot of fun facts. It's amazing what you find on the internet. Uh, yeah, and get it from credible sources because you know you you can trust anything on the internet. And if it's on the internet, it has to be true. I know it. I know it. And speaking of that, I found this special word on the internet. So let's get to the final segment. It's the weather word of the week. It's the Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week, which I found on the internet. So, <laughs> and I know it's true because it's from a credible source. Uh, so, Shara, what is this week's Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week? Heck if I know. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Pyreolometer. <laughs> Uh, no. Per heliometer? <laughs> Very close. The YR could be so many things. <laughs> per heliometer. Almost. <laughs> All right, I give up. It's per, per heliometer. Oh, okay. <laughs> like thermometer. I had the ending wrong. I was trying to yeah. change the beginning. I had the ending wrong. <laughs> per heliometer. It's spelled... Perheliometer. Yeah, P-Y-R-H-E-L-I-O-M-E-T-E-R. It's a fascinating word. So what is a perheliometer? A perheliometer is an instrument for measurement of direct beam solar irradiance. Sunlight enters the instrument through a window and is directed onto a thermopile, thermopile which converts yeah. heat to an electrical signal that can be recorded. Yeah. I'm not sure why. I mean, it measures solar irradiance, but why would you want that? I didn't read the rest of it. I just found the word. <laughs> I don't know. You give me the words. I just read, them. read We them. don't have that up on the weather station on your roof? We don't have one of these? I think we may I have better, a pure heliometer. I better get one on Amazon. Oh, uh, you know, we, Corey, we just might. We just might have one of those because it measures the yeah. solar solar... So, okay, right. so I guess we have a perheliometer. The or, solar radiation is what it measures. Perheliometer. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a number on there that I don't really pay attention to, and that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I just say, is the sun going to burn me today? I look at the little thing on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, we have a little guest. Can you say hi? Nope. Nope. We're going to be shy. shy. <laughs> Got Griff. 
decide to join the, the Storm Dart podcast. We locked him in the bedroom like good parents. <laughs> oh, good. We lock him. Because we usually do it in the bedroom and he watches TV out here, but we turn on the TV in the bedroom because I was already set up out here with my other stuff I was doing for sure. video. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we decided to do it in the living room today. I can't wait till we get to go back outside. It'll be fun when we can actually rejoin the living and do it. Right. I'll, I'll, podcast I'll, together. I'd, I'd love to do a porch, uh, I mean, a poolside podcast someday. That'd be fun. Go out in the pool. Wouldn't that be fun? Dip our feet. Yeah, I, I'm with Shara. I'm, I'm ready to get around the whole table and we can like look at each other and, and stuff. So that day's coming. That day is coming. Yeah, it's coming. I hope so. Yeah. It's been a long time. Which the only problem is I'm going to have to clean off my table now because I've kind of converted it into (laughs) a a slide studio. (laughs) What's odd is I've only seen, been done a podcast on that table like two or three times. We've only had to do it like once or twice before everything got shut down. I know. So, yeah. Well, we got. Can you say hi, Rando? Nope. Can you wave? He's going to smile. I'm waving. He's just smiling. Can you wave at Rando? There you go. Okay, yeah. well, your help with mom. <laughs> I love it. Well, I th- that's all I had for the podcast. We I love Cher's fun facts. I'm so glad we added that segment. I love it. Need to do it again. Well, it's just hard to do a weather podcast when there's no weather. <laughs> the weather's beautiful. Well, I mean, there's weather. There's weather every day. That's one my pet peeve when I see on Facebook or somebody talking about how... Is there going to be weather tomorrow? It's like, well, oh, yeah. it's like yeah, Absolutely. there's going to be weather. I can guarantee you 100% that there will be <laughs> weather there tomorrow. Be fun weather or not so fun right, weather. Right. you got to just, just describe it. Is it we're going to have And your addition, your t- definition of fun weather and my definition of fun weather are two different things. Although. Well, your weather's boring. Boring weather for you is fun as long as it's warm. I like sunshine. Sunshine and pool time. Sunshine. Yeah. I have a feeling Corey, Corey's weather and my weather are about the same. They're really close to that. So, yeah. Well, you got anything else to add? No, I don't. No? Uh, Griffin, have anything else he wants to add? You got anything else to add, Griffin? What? He probably wants food or something. Well, you know, cookie. it is It is probably about time to eat. So. He wants a tutti. Okay. Well, I think it's time to about wrap this thing up anyway, so let's put a bow on it. (laughs) So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather, like our page, and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather 